Welcome to Faith Begins. This is the first of hopefully many podcasts to come. And uh, the title of this first episode is What Am I Doing? The thought behind this is that sometimes we go through things we don't understand. And God calls us to do things we don't understand. And sometimes we have to do things we maybe don't believe we can do or want to do. And a lot of Christians out there are dealing with things like anxiety, um, depression, depressive thoughts, um, negative self-talk, doubt, fear, and sometimes even immovability, fear of doing the wrong thing so much so that you don't want to really move or make a wave. And I'll never forget growing up as a kid that was the thing I wanted to do the least was make waves and somehow I always ended up making them um I'll never forget growing up we like grandma had a pool and um and we were really young we figured out that if we all you know go around the pool together um and kept going in a circle we'd start making the whirlpool and and it was fun when you were on that outside and you were going the other direction um the right you know direction with everybody but then after a while you know the whirlpool starts going on its own and then you the whole the game the whole fun of it is when you start you turn around and you try to go the opposite direction of the whirlpool it's really hard to move you can't you feel stuck and um and as a kid it's an impossible task as a little kid you just you're like you kind of get sucked in around and around and like that whirlpool where you're on the outside and things seem to be going really well and you're kind of going along in life and then you realize wait maybe this isn't the direction that I'm supposed to be going and then you turn around because the whirlpool has already started because your life is already headed in that direction when you turn around and you try to make that change you feel stuck. And sometimes it's not realizing that really you kind of have to start moving in that direction. And, you know, kind of move against that really, really rough force of water that's keeping you, it's pushing you to try to stay the direction that you always have been in. 
and it doesn't help that, you know, if you're the family you know, in the pool or your friends in the pool are still trying to make the whirlpool go the other direction, it's really hard to start swimming that way. And that was a kind of a game that a lot of us kids would do when the adults would get in the pool. We'd start to get on rafts or use our floaties to try to beat the adults and go the other direction. And it always helped when you had other cousins or family members to do that with you. Alone, we could do it. It was very, very hard. Now, I'll never, ever forget the big infamous, the infamous cannonball, um, or the belly flop, as my brother would say. When we were kids, that was his big thing. He would, we'd all be playing and chilling. And wham! There's Tim, big Tim, who would jump in with this belly flop and splash, and everything would flop out of the pool. And, uh, yeah, sometimes life is like that too. Sometimes you're going along, you're playing, and woof, something just flops in. So, what am I doing? I guess I'm trying to swim against the current. The whirlpool is going in one direction and God is leading me to go in another. And, um, but he is with me. And I know that someone else did that in the Bible, uh, Moses, and he asked God to send someone else, and I think there's moments where I'm trying, I feel like I'm trying to swim against this new direction, this current, uh, I'm changing my life, and the direction it's moving, and God looking for God to help me do something and I just want to say make a stop send someone in send the ve- the belly flop kid in to, to stop us and stop the whirlpool altogether to make a stop or maybe I can just turn around and go back the direction that the rest of the family is going it's, it's easier So this is, this episode, what am I doing? This is for people who are trying to make a change, trying to do something you know God has called you to do. And maybe you don't know what to do. You don't know how to go about that change. You don't know if what you're doing is, you know, are you, are you going to make an impact? And is it going to be good? Is it not? Dealing with the negative thoughts of 
trying to change and trying to do something that God is calling you to do is something that I don't think we talk about a lot as Christians. Um, and so I'm going to go through um, the Exodus uh, chapters three and four. So please um, feel free to go grab your Bibles and um, I'm going to just kind of talk a little bit through the story uh, of Moses. Now this this episode is a little bit longer than the others because it is the first episode for me and this is just a very important message uh, for me, I feel like, to, um, to share. So, um, so grab your Bibles and I'm going to be looking at uh, Moses uh, in, uh, in the Exodus, really uh, kind of starting out focusing on chapters three and four um, and really more looking at the story. I'm not going to be looking at individual verses. This is just going to help me look at the story and if you want to look along with me, feel free. All right. Thank you. And um, we'll get started. All right. Turning to now Exodus chapters three and four. So looking at these chapters, this is where, I don't know if any of you know the story or not of Moses and the burning bush. Now, Moses, just a brief recap of Moses' life. Moses had killed uh, a an Egyptian uh, back in Egypt under Pharaoh's rule. The Egyptian was beating a fellow Hebrew and they were all under slavery under Pharaoh's rule Moses saw this saw the Egyptian essentially prison guard slave master whipping a man nearly to death and Moses killed him Moses buried the man, thought he got away with it, and somewhere down the line, he heard people talking about the man that was killed, and his name was mentioned, so he ran. Moses fled the desert. He fled, he tried to flee as far away as he could, basically before passing out and dying, and which is where he ended up meeting his wife, ironically, um, who helped him get water, basically survive out in the desert, and he became a shepherd. So this is a man who, he ran away from Egypt almost as far as he could without dying. Ended up starting a new family, new life. He was a shepherd. He was great. He was happy. And... All the while, though, there was that lingering part in the back that his people were still suffering back in Egypt. But now, he was just one man. 
And we we know Moses today of the story was written down and he's Moses. But then he was just one person like the rest of us in existence today in this world. He was just one person in a desert with a family. No one knew who he was outside of his family. Not at that time. But God did. God knew who Moses was. And that is the difference for a lot of us. Is that we do not put importance on the fact that God knows who we are and has a plan for our life. That's interesting. That's what's so interesting to me about Moses is he really legitimately he wanted to stay away from Egypt. He was not comfortable being in the limelight. So he goes for this walk. And goes to grab sheep looks like yeah it says now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb the mountain of God there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush so Moses sees the bush I'm not reading anymore Uh, Moses sees the bush and goes for it and hears God calling to him. He takes his sandals off. It's holy ground. He goes and he starts to speak with God. God tells him that he is going to save his people. God's going to save his people and he's going to use Moses to help do it. And Moses asks a question that we all ask, I think, when we're confronted with something we feel is too big for us. Who am I? Kind of like the second version of the person I'm talking about. The person with the anxiety and person with the fear. Person too afraid to make waves. Person too afraid to do really anything. What if I fail? Who am I? And you know what God's answer to that was? I will be with you. I'll be with you. And this will be a sign that I'm with you. And he gave him a sign. He said, I will be with you. Moses said, well, okay, well, who are you? If I tell them who's with me, who, who are you? And God says, I am who I am. Yahweh. I'm with you. Let that sink in for just a second. because It's kind of awesome. Thank you.
And God said to Moses, I'll be with you. The I am who I am is with you. Now, toward the end of the conversation, Moses asked God to send someone else. He said, please send someone else. And the interesting thing about this is during the course of the conversation, before we get to that point, God had already asked Moses to throw down his staff. And he asked him, All right, throw your staff down on the ground. And the staff became a snake. And God had Moses pick up the snake and it became a staff again. Then God had Moses stick his hand in his cloak and said, all right, stick your hand in your cloak. Moses said, all right, pull your hand out. Moses said, okay. Moses' hand was leprous. It was leprous. So then God said, all right, here's your hand. Put it back in your cloak. Moses said, okay. He pulled it back out and it was clean. So God had already God had already done that for Moses. So why is it then? Toward the end, Moses said, "Please please send someone else." Well, I think it's a lot a lot of us I feel like would do that. Um I think the people a lot of us who especially struggle with the anxiety and depression part would say, you know, I want to believe that I could do something, but I don't know if I trust that God can do something with me, even though he's already shown me that he can do dot 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 in my life. I just went through that in my life, I had a pretty significant, pretty significant period where I was doubting God and his love. I accepted Christ when I was pretty young. I grew up in the church. And um, I had my faith challenged. But it's when you're an adult and it's challenged in the real world away from your Christian peers I think that you find really I think where you where you stand sometimes and I think in a lot of ways I didn't realize how my own life how circumstances in my own life you know, had impacted already how I saw God or, you know, how that was impacting my life over the course of time. And so with that cryptic story there, I say that to say, 
you know, over in the last few years, I'd been really praying to hear God direct or to try to find a direction for my life. And I'd given up asking God about it and praying to God about it. And, you know, in the mental health field, you want to lean toward what's rational. And in general, you don't want to over-spiritualize something. It can be very easy to do something that God didn't say to do or just to do something off the cuff and be like, oh yeah, God, God said that. So, so when I say this next part, it's because God really brought me to my knees. Like, um, I saw a need for change in my own life a year ago when um, I kind of came across this fitness challenge was on the internet. But I wasn't quite ready. I think I wanted to be ready to do something, but I didn't know what God wanted. Um, he kind of planted a seed, I think, of what he wanted. But I didn't really believe it or believe where he was leading me. And I ignored it. I put it in a box and I ignored it. And I went so far as to kind of doubt God completely and leave God out of most of my decisions for the next year. It was in... toward... Uh, say... Yes, August, September, that God really began to get a hold of me. And... I realized that I was living kind of as a square peg in a round hole and I couldn't I couldn't do that anymore and I was angry at God I was really mad and because I was like God where are you if you really loved me you would have been here. You weren't with me. And then I found a story. About a dad protecting his daughters. From a place I would least expect. Um, and just to preface. I don't know. I... I like to read biographies. I don't normally read actors' biographies. Um, so this was definitely, for me, just a random. I was home. It was COVID stuff. And I found this was this action hero actor. 
uh, Lorenzo Lamas. And randomly online found he wrote a book called Renegade at Heart and started reading it. And in there, there is this story, which I won't say because I really feel like if, you know, you really want to know about it, you really need to go read the book. It's a great book. Um, it is for adults. I preface that. Um, but I would not have gotten to this next part of my story without having read that because it did. It brought me to my knees. Um in tears in a good way and the Lord brought this phrase to my heart that has been with me so I'll read you the phrase and then I'll just do a quick um, breakdown of it the phrase is this in moments of terror Christ picks me up which is why I need to hold on rather than look around when I'm so scared and won't let him hold me I need to realize his back to me is protection not silence when I have to go into the storm it's because it's the best path for me that lay ahead in the thick of the storm I may not see Christ in front of me because he is fighting battles I can't see. He promises in these moments, he is with me. Here is where faith begins. So just real quick breakdown of that. You know, in the moments of terror, Christ picks me up which is why I need to hold on rather than look around. A quick, maybe biblical example of that is Daniel in the lion's den. You know, there's all of these really scary things around him. And if he'd focused on that alone, he wouldn't have made it through the night. But he focused on God. He focused on Christ. God was with him. He was holding him. He is protecting him, so to speak. And then when I'm so scared and won't let him hold me, I need to realize his back to me is protection, not silence. And this is kind of like the image of you know when you're a little kid and you're really scared and you don't know whether to let your parent hold you or you want to run or move you just you don't know what you want and so sometimes the best thing for the for them to do is to let you down and kind of know where you are but they're still between you and the danger that's going on and I kind of think of that kind of like I don't know maybe you see that a lot in grizzly bears you know stand really tall you know or they try to protect you know the ones that they love sometimes the best thing I can do is realize that Christ is still protecting me
And then when I have to go into the storm, because it's the best path that lay ahead, that's because God knows that is sometimes life really just throws things at you. And there are events, there are just crappy things. And I, I look at that, I think of Joseph, you know, who he was thrown into slavery, um, <laughs> accused of rape, thrown into prison, and all the while that was the best thing that could have happened to to him because out of the end of that he he became the advisor the advisor to the entire country of Egypt so sometimes to go through the storm is the best path for me that lay ahead and in the thick of the storm I may not see Christ in front of me because he's fighting battles I can't see. In the thick of the storm, I may not see Christ in front of me. And I think of this, I think of Elijah and the Assyrians. There's a story in the Bible where the Assyrians are attacking and Elijah has a servant with him. He's watching all this happen and is watching the Assyrians just get slaughtered and he's not sure exactly what's going on. And they have to go through this to, to escape. They're trying to leave. And he's like, we're not going to make it. The servant's like, we're just, we're not going to make it. And Elijah says, please, please God, open his eyes so that he can see. And so the servant's eyes are open and he can see the army of God fighting the Assyrians. And just to put it in perspective, the Assyrians were like the, fear, the fiercest army in the world back then. They were brutal. You did not want to get caught by them. So, so for Elijah's servant to be watching this in this battle... And then all of a sudden there's the army of the Lord fighting a battle. It's just really cool. So so sometimes Christ is fighting battles I literally cannot see. He promises in those moments he is with me. Here's where faith begins. So, and just the the last to end with the end of the story for Moses, who ended up following God's leading, and he led through the ten plagues, and Pharaoh finally saying that the people could go after Pharaoh had lost everything, and through the back and forth, and through the the Israelites having to go through so much stuff 
Pharaoh finally said they could go. And the people left. They were following God by a cloud during the daytime and a fire pillar at night. And they're following the Lord who leads them to the Red Sea. And so now we've stopped. We've got one obstacle. Okay. We've come to a spot where we really can't cross. So I'm already going, okay, hmm, maybe, you know, I'm not really sure what your plan is here, God, but do you see the, do you see the obstacle in the way? This, there's, there's kind of a, there's the Red Sea. There's a big body of water in front of me. In case you don't notice, we can't, we don't have things, not everything in our camp floats and it won't go across. Um, not everybody we have can really, you know, make it. So what's, you know, what's going on? And then on top of that, toward the end of the story, we've got the Egyptians who, you know, Pharaoh decides at the last minute, hey, I really am not happy that the fact that I let them go. So I'm going to go get them back. So he leads an army to go grab the Israelites and bring them back. So, at this point, you've got the Israelites in the middle. Talk about a rock and a hard place. The Israelites who are in the center between an army and a body of water. There's no way out. And for anxiety and depression, this is where we stop. I think this is where when we're doubting God and we're doubting life or those negative thoughts come in and we start thinking things like, I'm a failure, I can't do things right. We'll see, you know, I I tried this and I failed. I follow what you said, Lord, I lost my job. I did the right thing and now I got to move. Um, you know, that relationship didn't work out. That means I'm not lovable. When we start going through all of the negative thinking in our head, and call them the you know the cognitive distortions in our head, we tend to be we're. We're like the Israelites who are between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. We're listening to the cognitive distortions and we're not challenging those. One of the biggest things to challenge a cognitive distortion, which is really a faulty, it's a faulty way of thinking. One of the ways to challenge that is to reframe. You're like, well, okay. So now we're, wait a minute, we're talking about God, and now we're talking about something called reframing cognitive distortions. What? How is that related to faith? Well, I'll tell you. And I think this is where a lot of pastors tend to overlook 
some things. I'm not one, so I'm sorry. I don't want to step on toes. But when you're going through depression and anxiety, this is exactly where we stop. We are the Israelites. And we've got the army coming at us. And we're standing at the Red Sea and we don't see a way out. And there's so many questions that happen when those things occur. One, am I worthy to get out? That's a, okay, nobody's coming. All right, why, why is nobody coming? What's going on? One, and that's the other lie. Nobody's coming. That's the lie in this situation. Because we, we know from the story that God's got something else planned. So the really so depression a lot of times focuses on what we can only see in the snapshot of time that we're looking at. We get hyper focused. Also, mind reading, the biggest one. I know he really doesn't care about me. I knew it. I knew the whole time he was just setting us up to die out here. And notice the Israelites did that a lot. That was a big thing. I knew it. You just set us up to die out here in the desert. That, that was it. But God had this really great plan set. It's hard to have faith. Because those negative thoughts want to creep back in. And we get so fooled into thinking that that is reality when it's not. thinking well wait a minute okay they really really were just they really were stuck between the army and going back to the Egyptians and the Israelites and the Red Sea they really were stuck in the middle yeah they were but were they stuck no why because God had a plan to get them out that is where faith comes in and that is where hope comes in and that is where we have to look at the entire reality of our circumstances and not just one snapshot and that's what reframing does reframing says I know my God I know the reality of my God and even though right now it sucks And right now it's painful and I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to get out of it. There's no way out. I have a God who knows how. Better yet, I'm not alone in it. They're in it with me. I don't go and go through it alone. And that's when the impossible becomes possible. Because God knew he had a plan. He was going to send... He sent a cloud toward the end in between the Egyptian army and the Israelites and gave 
Moses enough time to get up in position and raise his hands up to part the Red Sea. And the Israelites crossed the Red Sea with ample amount of time. And you gotta be, you gotta just wonder, like, you know, how awesome even that was. Because you gotta wonder, like, the Egyptians, you know, from their perspective, they're they're on it. They're they're so mad at what has gone on. They've lost everything and nothing in their mind they can't lose. They're gonna go get the Israelites and bring them back. They're on it. And they see them in their sights, and then this big cloud comes in front of them. And as the hero of the story, or you know, as the the yeah, the hero of the story, the Israelites were wanting them to get through. <laughs> we're wanting the Israelites to get through the Red Sea to the other side. And the Egyptians, they're fuming. They're on the other side. They're gearing up so that they don't even question the fact that the Red Sea is sky high and that they can just run across it. So they get so mad that they just boom, zoop right across into the Red Sea and once all the Israelites are gone, God drowns them, the Egyptians, in the Red Sea. God was with them every step of the way. And God is with us every step of the way. God told Moses, I am with you. The I am. If you think about it, a thousand years later, looking at the time frame right now, but about 4 BC, God with us, Emmanuel is born, and later grow up and die on a cross, leaving a counselor who would stay with us. God with us. When we accept Christ into our lives, we believe in God, the one and only Son, Jesus Christ. We have God with us forever. That same, the same Yahweh, the same I am, who said, I am with you to Moses says that to us and when we accept Christ yeah it's pretty awesome 
insane. Ooh, sorry, it's just so cool. That same person said, I am with you. Same God who said, the I am is with you, is with us. What am I doing? Honestly, I have no idea. Maybe you have no idea what you do or why you're doing what you're doing either. But God does. He knows. And maybe today, if you're willing, Maybe here is where your faith can begin. All right, Ona, just close out with a prayer. And I want to thank you for listening. Um, did not intend for it to be this long. Uh, this long of a podcast but um, normally they're going to be about 20 minutes but this was the first podcast for me um, in this segment and um, just really wanted to get this one out so let me go ahead and pray for us uh, before we officially end and um, and then we'll be on our way Lord Jesus I don't have answers And as far as the question of what am I doing, I have no idea, but you do. And I pray for other people who are wondering the same thing today. What am I doing? I pray for people who, for people who are struggling. struggling with jobs, with day-to-day life, I pray you would lift them up. For those who, for those who have struggled with wanting to hide and are afraid to step out in faith or courage, especially those who are being called to lead, who are afraid. I pray that you would give them the courage they need. I pray that for those who right now have been struggling with depression, anxiety, maybe not even diagnosed, maybe they've been experiencing negative thoughts that have been hindering or stopping them from living life to the fullest. I pray, Lord, that you would show them that you are with them. And, Lord, 
I know a lot of people are going through rough times right now. And I pray especially for those people who where life situations have just caused them to feel like the Israelites where before they knew the end of the story in that snapshot of time where the Israelites were between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. Lord, I pray that they would realize that that's not the entire reality because that's not the end of the story because it's a snapshot in time The reality of the situation is that you knew that there was a way out and you already had that planned. I pray, Lord, for those who feel stuck. I pray that they would know that there is always a way out. And usually, it's better than they could ever imagine. Especially if they hang on in those next moments. Because you are with us. And you are the I am. So I pray, Lord, for continued hope and for those who need encouragement, empowerment, and the strength to have faith. I pray, Lord, that with you right here today, your faith would begin. In your name, amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. Um, I will have this up pretty regularly um, on Sundays normally, uh, just due to scheduling conflicts this week. It's a rough start. Um, I got it up late, so I do apologize for that. Um, But uh, feel free to join me on Thursday for just uh, the regular uh, podcast fearless to be about 15 minutes long um, just discussing you know every day-to-day issues and uh, we'll be a little more uh, focused on life skill stuff if there's you know anything or if you have any questions or anything you want to ask me um, my email is uh, g w y n as in nancy 3704 at gmail.com feel free to shoot me an email you have any questions or um, anything you want to know. All right. Thank you and God bless.